What are you anticipating seeing, you know, amongst the New Zealand teams, given you've, you've given all that about the All Blacks? Oh, just so many good young players, mate. I don't know how you do it there. Oh, I do, because you've got three of the biggest uh, academies in the world. Fiji, Samara and Tonga. They're not bad. Oh, we were waiting for it. I was waiting for it. G'day, good evening, good morning. Welcome to the Drops kickoff for another week, and it is an auspicious occasion. We have officially turned 100. Well, I mean, we don't look like that, but probably after this year of Australian rugby, we probably look like it, uh, considering how many hairs have been torn out and how many, uh, how many times we've sat in a car park in Parramatta screaming, uh, at the, at the world. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for our 100th episode. And today we're going to be joining, jumping into the world of the Rugby World Cup outside of the Wallabies. We're going to talk about the world of pool of, of all the different pools, pool A, B, and D, plus any other re- results that we might see in pool C. Joining me is the usual suspect over in France once again, Nathan Williamson. Nathan, how are you, mate? Man, good. So, how do we get to a hundred episodes? Jesus Christ! Who let, <laughs> generally, honestly, who let this happen? This is incredible. Yeah, I know. Remember when we started the podcast and everyone just thought we were the uh, the Green and Gold Rugby Show knockoff? Uh, that was, I just accepted it, embraced it, and here we are all these years, <laughs> all these years later. God, time flies when you're having fun. Again, so, we're, still, we're still the rugby report card reserve guys, so. Yeah, we're, uh, we're happily the B team. Yeah. Well, if, if it's not the, if it's not the Gaga B team, it's the, it's the report card B team. We, we, we accept it. It's true. Uh, joining us, uh, as well, once again, is Kiwi Aussie rugby lover, Carl. Mate, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, congratulations on 100. Podcast, mate. That's fantastic. I've only got um, 99 to go now, and I can catch up. But, yeah, well done. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. We're very welcome and very glad to have you for this special podcast, World Cup Bites. We're going to just dive headlong into other international results and keep it nice and breezy, uh, talking about you know games from the last weekend. And, of course, the games kicking off from the top will start in Pool A. We had Uruguay play a fantastic match against Namibia, winning 36-26. New Zealand, which I know we're going to talk about a lot more, Putting, beating the absolute shit out of Italy, 96 to 17, which uh, I definitely did not see coming. Uh, over in pool, uh, over in pool B, we had uh, Scotland beat Romania 84 to nil, uh, and then South Africa overcome a pretty resilient Tonga and eventually running out 49 to 18 winners. Um, it, obviously in pool C, which we'll talk about in a bit, which we've already talked about at some length, a Fiji beat Georgia 17 to 12, while Australia knocked over Portugal 34 to 14. You can check out our thoughts on the on where the Wallabies are sitting in our podcast from earlier this week. And then lastly, Japan knocked over Samoa in a great match, uh, a really thrilling contest 28 22. Samoa came very close to beating them back. Um, and then in the first match in history of the World Cup, we have uh, an all South American derby. Uh, which was Argentina yeah. playing Chile, winning fifty nine to five. But I don't give a damn about that score, that, that result. The fact that there was even an all South American derby is music to my ears. Um, just such a fantastic day, guys. Let's jump in and talk about our favourite match from the weekend. And Nathan, I'm going to throw to you first. Outside of the Wallabies, which you had to cover, which game really stood out to you? Yeah, I'll go with the first one. I'll go with Uruguay and Namibia, two teams that have been classified as tier two nations. Really, just Coming in, this game was this game was basically their World Cup in a really tough pool A, and they gave it everything. You know, we had this this thought of Namibia 
could actually get this get the job done as you know things their first their first win in World Cup history. They could have when they were leading uh, midway, I think maybe midway through the second half. Then just Uruguay have been probably one of the teams, one of the surprise packs of this tournament. Really fought their way back into it and played a great style rugby to get the job done. And you know it's games like this that show why building a good, you know a promising system that doesn't just encapsulate the top 10 or 12 nations and really gets teams like Uruguay involved more consistently heading forward is so crucial for the next couple of years. Yeah, it was so much fun, this this game. And, and on top of it, just seeing, because Namibia has just been on the end of some merciless floggings in, in their first three games, um, just to see a great contest and just to see them also just having a bit more fun um, was such a just just so nice to see uh, as well. Um, Carl, I, I know you, it's probably hard to go past the New Zealand's result against Italy, but uh, was that your favourite match, or were there other matches that stood out for you? Um, actually, it wasn't my favourite. I, don't get me wrong; it was fantastic, and and seeing the boys back and seeing them flow so well was was really good. Um, I wasn't as surprised as some people with the result, um, but actually, my favourite game was Japan and Samoa. Um, I thought that Samoa remind me of Fiji three years ago. They, they've got it there, they've got the players, but they just haven't quite got that cohesion together. And Japan have struggled a bit this year, and I just thought a couple of things came together for them in this game, which which gave them the win. And and I think both of them, both of those teams stepped up in a way that that I I thought was actually really good, um, and and just showed you know. The, the Rugby World Cup actually isn't about the top four or five or six teams. It's actually about those other teams. And, and watching them play and seeing the passion and seeing the, the work they put into it, yeah, I, I love that. I thought that was a really good game. Yeah, and how good – I mean, I think this match pretty much more than any – obviously, of course, apart from the Fijian games – Really just confirmed how critical these, uh, you know, these new eligibility laws are for those Pacific Island yeah. nations that punch above their weight so much, uh, when it comes to contributing great rugby to the game in general. Um, just such yeah. a joy to watch. And Samoa, you know, I think Fiji, when it comes to the development of those nations after, you know, Fiji with the Drua coming through, you can see the Moana Pacifica influence, uh, coming through on, in that Samoan yeah. side. Um, they looked really promising. It's a shame they didn't get the win, but uh, it looks really, really promising. And also great to see some, you know, other players who traditionally came through the Australian or New Zealand system also now apply their trade with Samoa. It was a, it was a good match. It, for me, I mean, I can't. We've talked about this match for a long time, and I don't give a damn about the scoreline. I'm just over the moon of how much fun the uh, Argentina Chile match was. Um, Fans really got behind the Chilean uh, the, the Chilean players. They, in terms of the actual physical contest, Chile were really good at tackling Argentinian players. It was just that rugby technical skill set, the separation yeah. of of having had more game times and being in a professional environment that really led to Argentina running out the the, the cricket score that they did. Um, and the fact as well that Chile were denied a try that was just it was a peach of a try off the line out. Um, they were denied it, and then they went on it and then scored a brilliant rolling mall try uh, to make up for it. It was just yeah. oh, so much fun. Such a great... It's, it's interesting It's interesting that the games we enjoyed were the games with those up-and-coming teams more than the games of the settled teams. You know, it's like... Um, it, it's just... They just show something. They just show something that because it's all new, and it's just really cool to watch. Mm, it's It's the... the 
we don't get the chance to play these teams enough. And maybe yeah. a World Cup, maybe a World Cup says, hey, maybe we should. Um, yeah, absolutely. Maybe we should because uh, they're, they're just so much fun. They're so much fun. Um, yeah. to keep an eye on. Let's talk about a favourite moment. Let's talk about one single moment that really stood out from the weekend. And, uh, Carl, I'll throw to you first uh, for this particular one. We've talked, you know, we talked about favourite games and such. Uh, what stood out uh, as a single moment that made you go, you know, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, sorry, I've, I've got to go back to the All Blacks on this one. Just seeing the All Blacks are back, you know, they they finally turned it on. For, for me, it was, they've showed a lot of promise in a lot of games and, and to me, they finally lived up to that. And for me, that was, that was awesome. I just hope they keep going. Yeah, it was, they looked really good, didn't they? It was kind of reminiscent yeah. of, of the rugby championship. Uh, like that, that was kind of that form that they seem to have rediscovered at the rugby championship that looked really, really promising. Um, it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited by, by that. And we'll talk about the All Blacks a little bit more in a bit. Nathan, uh, any particular moments that really stood out to you this weekend in terms of specific games? I'll, I'll stick with the sort of Tier 2 nations. Um, that's South African Tonga game. Um, Tongan prop, uh, Ben, ben Tamifuna, Tamifuna, I believe. The largest player at the World Cup. I think he's, I think he weighs in about 148 kilos or something like that. Just watch it, watching a man like that barge over the line in the last couple of minutes of the first half, just... To delight the Tongan crowd and just get everyone up and about, like that's what rugby's about. You know, athletes athletes like that don't play any other sport in terms of league or AFL or soccer. Rugby's built for the big boys, and to say something like that, not only score but thrive against the you know a monster South African pack. That's just awesome to see. Yeah, mm. he's he's so much fun, Tammy Funa. I remember when he was playing for the Chiefs. Uh, he, and uh, he bowled over a couple of players, and he went on a really, really good run that went. I think it went viral. Just how much fun he was, smashing the living hell out of people. Uh, that Tongan South Africa game was so much fun. I loved how good it was, and also how competitive the Tongans were. Um, uh, there was a couple of funny moments that maybe I think there was a player who uh, who knocked the ball on, and the ref pulled it up, and you could just hear a Tongan in in the mic go, "Oh, just give us a chance, man! Just let us just let that <laughs> let that one slide, please." Because uh, I mean, we're behind by a, a large, and we're not going to win the game. Just just give us one. Just give us one. Come on. <laughs> Which was good fun, but I'm going to shout out the uh, I'm going to shout out the Fiji Georgia game um, because uh, I just loved the clash of of Fiji and Flair with the sheer goddamn stubbornness uh, of Georgia um, and just the the great contest that we saw there. That let's be honest, in the context of the wider tournament of the wider pool, was actually really critical. How great that a quote unquote Minnow's Tier 2 game, I mean, I want to stop using that phrase now. How good was that that match in terms of being critical for both sides in their campaign with a genuine quarterfinal spot on the line? Uh, just a really enjoyable match to watch. Um, still and, question and, still question that, that forward pass call. Oh, that's... No, that was fine. That forward pass was fine, mate. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, the thing I liked about that too was that it wasn't just their game. It was everyone else in the pool watching it because it affected how they went as well. And and I, I feel a bit sorry for Georgia because they put on so much pressure, but they they just seemed to fail right at that very end where they just couldn't. You know, they dominated for a, for a long part of that match, but they just couldn't get through. 
and um, and then they give Fiji one or two chances, and bang, they score a try. So I, I felt for, for 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 Georgia. I think they they did really really well. And yeah, you're right. It was a great game. That my, I'm making that forward pass my W WTF moment of the round. Like, <laughs> I, what the I'm, fact that it was called. <laughs> I'm not I'm not one for referee bashing, and I, I would sort of keep this towards more the process. But in a situation like that, where you're five meters out, you know, on the line, about to score, this is what I've always been in favour. If you're if you have the TMO available and you have all these kind of technology, call a try. And then check it. Like there's, if you're even you know one percent not sure if that's a forward pass or not, let the multiple camera angles and let the entire technology look at the look at the pass and make that decision rather than you having to guess on the spot. That's my whole you know, you, kind of issue with the situation. Yeah, the pro- the problem is there, Nathan, is that it's that point you brought on. If you have that one percent doubt, it was absolutely clear that both the AR and the referee had no doubt whatsoever. No no different to a clear drop on, a knock forward or a drop ball. They were absolutely sure in their minds that they had a forward pass. And so you don't go to the TMO with that because there's no need. Otherwise, you'd have to go to the TMO for every decision. I, I think that whether or not you thought it might have been forward or not, it doesn't really matter because, you, you know, you, you couldn't tell from the view you had because of the way the TV goes. But both of them were directly in line and both of them called it straight away at the same time and they were absolutely 100% sure it was forward. So, of course, you don't go to the TMO. And I understand how everybody feels about it because, you know, they, they thought there was doubt. But that the referee and the AR on the field had no doubt. We We want, you know, there's been so many complaints about you know, stopping for the TMO all the time, the TMO interfering, you know, why can't the referee make a decision? Referee made a decision, and now, well, hang on, why can't we get the TMA involved just in case he was wrong? You know, we've got to be a little bit um, clear about this. That's fair. I just get self salty from an Australian perspective that that was that just got the moment. Yeah, it's just salty. It's just salty. It's based in Australian tears. I saw the light of potential quarterfinal. They make the break, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this could happen. And then the forward pass going to say this. That's probably look. It's probably just my frustration of the whole situation coming out there. But yeah, you you make you make some very valid points there, and you're 100 percent correct. They probably if you, you've got to sort of back their course and they make it. But yeah, God, it would have been it would have been nice the tries given. <laughs> I, and it would have been a great try too. So you know, <laughs> double blow. But then one. Uh, yeah, it's one. It's one. It is, it is. Um, so on the subject of what the fuck moments, um, I feel like Carl, you and I might have the same one because for me, um, what my what the fuck moment is what the fuck happened to Italy, um, in this match? They were dismembered, uh, and not only that, like they just the way they gave up for a lot of that match, um, just. I was stunned at how god-awful they were. Um, and especially because the last couple of years, Italy have actually looked really good. Yeah. They've, been, look, they've been coming along, they're building that great talent, and it just felt like 1999 all over again when they lost one, like when they, back when they lost 101 yeah. to 3. Uh, like, and uh, considering as well that Italy were really talking up their chances of really putting in one of the best performances in Italian rugby history, just it fell flat on its face. 
I don't think it was just Italy um, talking that up. I think there was plenty of other people talking it up as well, mainly South Africans and Irish people, I think. Um, but um, <laughs> the, the, for me, what the biggest difference or the biggest problem the Italians had was that the the ability of the All Blacks to suddenly switch from defence to attack, and, and not just one or two, but everybody, as soon as something happens, it, it's like half the team, they're just straight on the attack. So, whereas the Italians couldn't change. And and I remember um, listening to Graham Henry once when we were talking about statistics, because I, I love statistics in rugby. You know, you watch a game and you have a look at the stats that are recorded, and so many times the losing team has the best stats, which tells me we're not perhaps looking at the right ones. And I and I was talking to Graham Henry about it, and, you know, the, the, the two things they look at, how soon does a player on the ground get up into position and how quickly can they change from attack to defence and from defence to attack. And on on the weekend, the, the, the New Zealand players, they were up there in the face, and as soon as that ball came loose, as soon as something happened, they were straight on to attack and the Italians were still looking at their attack, not realising they had to defend, and it was too late. And and I th- I think that was the biggest difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was just it was amazing. It, was it was it your was it your what the fuck moment, Carl, that weekend, or did you have another? No, no, not really. Um, my my what the fuck was more about what the fuck was bloody Fiji doing? It was like we're gonna you know <laughs> we're gonna we're, we're gonna um. We're going to keep Australia on tender hooks by playing really, really shit and then win at the end just to just to piss them off. Or I don't know what they were playing, but um, I, I I I actually expected that from the All Blacks. I think there's been so much criticism. They've been away for a couple of you know for a week off, and they were sitting there discussing it. And that whole week it would have been we're going to show these little fuckers. We're going to you know the, these Afri- South Africans and Irish who tell us we're fucked and we're not going to go anywhere. We're going to show them. Um, so I actually expected that. Not perhaps as well as what they did, but yeah. I was going to say, being at the game as well, you could just sense that as soon as, as, soon as like Artie and Aaron Smith got that roll on, it was like 20 or 30 yep. minutes, you're like, okay, this is, this is the All Blacks that have tormented my childhood and the yep. rest of my life. Like, this is, this is a sign that they're sort of found form at the right time. And I think Eddie kind of, Eddie said before the, um, I think before the Bledisloe, he was wondering if the Kiwis had peaked. And the funny thing is, you look at that Dunedin performance, you look at the um, performance at Twickenham, and you just think that may, just maybe they sort of heeded the advice, had just kind of, not not in, probably not intentionally, but were just holding stuff back, just sort of got to... Got that really good performance that they netted under their belt against um, South Africa and Auckland, and just went, all right, let's hold a couple of things back leading into these warm-up games, and then by the time we're hitting the World Cup, we're playing our best rugby, and that looked close to it on the weekend. Yeah, I think um, I I don't think they were holding back. I mean, I I still think they got problems in the in the selection and coaching of the of the um, All Blacks. Um, they they. Some people, I think, are still being picked on potential rather than performance, um, which worries me a little bit. Um, and I, I, I don't think, I don't see how you can play a game and hold back, um, because if your natural instinct is to do something, then you're going to do that. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, in some ways, it would be great if that was the case, because that would 
tell me that they're obviously a hell of a lot better at it than, than I ever would be, but perhaps that's why I was never an All Black. Um, yeah. In terms of chance, we're also holding back more around tactics and, you know. Yeah. So, like, not, I'm not ever going to say a player goes into a game and goes, oh, I'm just going to give 80%. Like, I think it's more of how do you sort of attach certain sort of pitches you see in the fence and yeah. that, in sort of that regard rather than, you know, the individual effort. Yeah, true. So let's let's lean into this question here because we we wanted to poke your, your brains a little bit more about this, Carl, about about the All Blacks because right now, I mean, I feel like when it comes to the real contenders to actually lift Bill um, at the end of the month, um, I mean, in my head, I've been constantly saying if the rugby gods are, are true, it is an, an Island France final because those top sides seem like the two that are really kind of the ones that seem a little bit above everyone else right now. South Africa are looking very, very good as well um, in, when, in terms of their actual performance there. Um, I mean, on our side of it, I mean, Wales are looking a lot better, but I don't see them getting all the way to a grand final. Um, England are looking a lot better, but I don't see them getting through. Argentina can look good on their day, um, but they're also as inconsistent as the Wallabies, probably less so now, which means that the real X factor left in terms of this is just what sort of All Blacks team is going to turn up. Uh, and I think that you've got the All Blacks team that turned up for... I mean, in the in the past, me looking at this as an Aussie fan, you had the All Blacks team and it felt like there was no way through. There was no way you could pick holes in it because they had something to counteract it for everything. And it felt yeah. like just an unstoppable wall that it would not be a matter of of when they if they breach you, but when they breach you. And it doesn't feel like the same old blacks of old right now at Rugby World Cup 2023 because that game against France, I don't think they played very well. Obviously, let's, let's ignore the, the Springbok demolition the week before. Um, and I even argue that they weren't, weren't off the pace in their Namibia match as well. But then they suddenly flick on a switch and they perform a great performance like this against Ireland. And then that mirrors all the great performance they had in the Rugby Championship. What is going on with the All Blacks right now in this last year of Fuzzy? Yeah, it's um, that's a question that I've asked and had so many discussions with different people about. I think, um, you know, the, the fact that they picked Robertson to take over from, from Fuzzy after the Rugby World Cup had both pluses and minus. Um, I think it was good in some respect because it gave clarity. It meant that Fuzzy knew what he had to do. And it also gave him a chance to say, you know what, I'll show these buggers. I'm going to go out with a win and prove that I, you know, I, I have got what it takes. But the reason it happened because, was because there were so many things that weren't good. You know, we, we lost to Argentina for the first time. We lost to Argentina and New Zealand for the first time. We, we lost a test to, you know, a test series against Ireland and New Zealand for the first time. We, we lost the pool match for the first time. Um, at, at least he can't go out in the quarterfinals for the first time because we've already done that. So, so that's not one he'll get, but it, it, it has been a worry the way that all blacks have played and it seems to be there's a lack of clarity between what the coaches want to do and what the players want to do. And and I think that um, what happened in, in the Italy match is that the players won out and the players did what they want to do. Um, I, I personally think absolutely the All Blacks can go the way and win this Rugby World Cup. But they need a lot more going their way than perhaps in the past. 
Um, you know, um, I, I laugh and I'm on Facebook and I'm getting pulled up all the time and, and no doubt I'll be, if it doesn't work out, I'll be given so much um, trouble later. But, you know, everyone used to talk about the All Blacks being chokers, but Honestly, the biggest chokers are Ireland, who have never got out of the quarters. Um, so I, I still think the All Blacks will win. Um, I think they've certainly got the players if they pick the right players. They've certainly got the game plan if they're allowed to play that game plan. Um, the Ireland and South Africa are, and France have been really smart at slowing play down because they know that if the All Blacks get on a roll and keep the tempo going, none of them can keep with them. Um, and if we get a referee who stops some of the bullshit, especially South Africa, they are really bad at, at, at you know, pulling up and slowing down and giving their big fatties time to get their breath back. And, and, I, and I just wish the referees would pull up that a lot more um, because I think it, it spoils the game. So, yeah, I, I think we can win. I think, we probably need a bit going our way. We need a referee who's um, not going to get bullied by, you know, Erasmus and others trying to slow the game down. And, and I think we can win, but um, it will take a few things going our way. I think the least, not the least of which that, uh, you know, you've got an upcoming match against uh, against Ireland, but realistically speaking, Ireland in the quarterfinals. Um Yep. You know, which which looms if Ireland win this, you know, we predict that they probably yep. will against Scotland. Um, you yep. assume, um, and and of course the All Blacks hit up over Uruguay. You will likely see. Uh, I mean, of course there is. There's also the discussion of France and Italy, but we'll get to that in a bit. But just assuming how things are going to go, you're assuming that the All Blacks will finish in second in Pool A. Um, it really goes to show the All Blacks that if the All Blacks knock over Ireland in that quarterfinal. You'd yep. have to call them favourites again, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, you've got to remember, even when we lost the Test Series against Ireland last year, we bet them 46 to 19 or something in that first Test. So um, in, a, in a one-off game, knockout game, which, which the All Blacks are a lot better at playing and have demonstrated over the years they are better than Ireland at playing knockout rugby, I think they can do it. Absolutely, I think they can do it. It's going to be one to watch and interesting to to examine. Nathan, do you have any two cents on on where the All Blacks sit? Where do, are you kind of? Are, you, are we wary? Are we still fe- feeling like there's there's something not quite right with this Fozzie side? What do you think? I think it, like Italy was the first step towards sort of getting back to that old Fozzie stage. So sorry, that old Fozzie side. Um, and playing Uruguay this week probably not going to tell you everything you're going to know. Unfortunately. It's going to have to come down to, yeah, potentially playing Ireland next week in that quarterfinal. And, yeah, it's going to be one of those quarterfinals where there's just a lot of unknown. You don't know, as sort of Carl alluded to, you don't, don't know what all, if this is the All Blacks team of old and it's going back to, you know, the teams that just dominated moments like this. Or you go up against an Ireland team, which, yeah, is unproven in, in World Cup situations, you know. Team that's often gone in with a heavy burden of being favourites and you know high expectations. I do think this is the first World Cup that actually lived up to it so far. Yeah. All being one scrappy win over South Africa. You know, if they this week this week's test against Scotland is probably going to tell you more about them than anyone else. So yeah, it's going to be just the nature of the way these tours are set up. It's just a lot of unknown heading into the quarterfinals and. That that almost makes it more exciting that we just don't know what New Zealand or what potential island team is going to be coming out. 
I think it's great. You know, I think heading into the quarterfinals, as much as, you know, World Rugby stuffed up on the way they set these pools up, um, in some ways it's been better because, as you say, we don't know. You know, we we can't sit there. In the last Rugby World Cup, we sort of knew who was going to really get to the semis. This one we don't. And, and you know, I'm like you. I think it's great. It, it'll be good to see. I'll, you know, I'll be sitting on the edge of the seat and no doubt waiting for all the, you know, if the All Blacks do lose, then waiting for all the comments online to tell me about about it in several dozen different ways. But you know, that's all part of rugby, so that's fine. God knows we're used to it on this side of the Tasman, so uh, it's such as the nature of it. Let's talk about it. Let's 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 wrap up by finish by talking about the final games that are coming through uh, this weekend. Of course, we have New Zealand Uruguay, which uh, at the time of us recording, it's uh, we're recording just beforehand, but at the time this podcast will be out, likely the game will either be live or will have come to a conclusion. Um, France will be playing Italy as the last game of Pool A in Pool B this weekend. Ireland, of course, will be taking on Scotland. Um, Tonga will be facing Romania in Pool C. Of course, Wales will take Georgia, take on Georgia, and then of course that oh so dreaded game Fiji versus Portugal uh, to decide Australia's fate, but also their own fates getting into quarterfinals uh, for Fiji. And then lastly in Pool D, England will be playing uh, again the really big improvers in Samoa, um, and J- um, Japan will be going up against Argentina. Nathan, I'm going to throw to you first. Uh, you only get one game to pick, which it sounds like we've got a lot of good, exciting games to round off the pool stages here. What's Which game are you most excited for? Um, Ireland-Scotland. Um, that's just... There's still a, realistically, there's still a chance that Scots can cause the upset and make the finals and, you know, leaving that last sort of five minutes of chat about the Irish redundant. And the way they've sort of dismantled Romania with, again, a lot of their sort of class players on the sideline, this is a legit side. This is a team that can properly match it with the best. And there might be no one better than Ireland at the moment. So, to me, this is comfortably the match of the round. And almost like finals come early, so it's exciting. Yeah, it's, it is a very exciting game to look at. And it's, it just feels important in the context of the wider World Cup, uh, not just in terms of pool, of who decides, uh, who tops pool, uh, pool B, if it is the case that Scotland spring a surprise or, or Ireland, you know, reassert their dominance and uh, and go above South Africa to into qualifying. Um, Carl, what uh, what game are you excited for? I'm I'm actually quite excited to see how Japan go against Argentina. I think that um, in the last game, Japan seemed to click in a way they haven't clicked before. Um, Argentina, are they going to be able to manage the the tempo that they did against Chile, which which was, to be honest, I thought was a lot of the South African passion coming into it more than anything else. So I think I think that'll be a really good game. Um, and obviously, I've got to say, guys, you know the the Fiji Portugal. Watching Fiji yeah. <laughs> beat Portugal is a game I am going to watch. I'm sorry. It's okay. We're we're allowed to suffer. It's uh and, and on 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 your point that you mentioned earlier is the, of the biggest what the fuck moment. I mean, it, realistically, it, it's just how it's going to happen. If you're gonna, yeah. Australian fans are just going through a process of vivisection right now, so it's just another step on the journey. Um, <laughs> that's that's how it feels right now. <laughs> um, for me personally, uh, Paul A. France Italy. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting match to watch. Um, going for um, you know, not just because. I think France are a little bit vulnerable right now with DuPont out, even though I think that a lot of their upcoming, you know, their, their replacement players are looking very, very strong. Um, and, of course, you know, they, they dispatched Namibia in emphatic fashion and 
and brushed aside, uh, you know, a very competitive Uruguay side who actually showed a lot of fight and exposed a couple of things. And, of course, let's not go past that win against the All Blacks. But it's interesting. They'll be coming up against an Italian side that is likely hurting a lot, um, yep. a side that has challenged them in the past a lot, um, and a side that is effectively playing for a quarter, for a, for a quarter final placing. Um, they realistically could still get there, of course, barring you know, whatever happens with the All Blacks. But, you know, if Italy actually pull off a win here and New Zealand beat Uruguay, uh, France are out. They're actually, I think yeah. they're out of, they're actually out of contention. So, um, there is, you know, there is actually still plenty to play for. And there, this is a very talented Italian side. Um, it's not the Italian sides of old. Uh, they're a side that matches up to the game physically, um, and play very, very well. So I still am predicting, uh, France to get the job done. It's a home World Cup yep. and their depth is ridiculous. But, uh, you know, Zuri, they've shown that they've got more, they're made of stronger stuff these, these days. <laughs> yeah. Hope, hope more than, uh, anything else, I think. But yeah, fair call. Yeah, look, I'm still predicting a French win. Like, no denial. <laughs> but yes, it's a, yeah, we'll, it'll just be an interesting match to watch. It'll be yep. if France are out in the group stages, it's a disaster. In terms <laughs> of from, from a host perspective, talk about an anticlimax if that would be the case, because just oh. how well they've been playing for the last four years, only to to come yeah. to this to a quarter to a, a pool stage exit. It's not going to happen. I don't see them. No, it's not going to happen. It, and, it's yeah. not going to happen. And, and realistically speaking, if, if we can see that Italy have advanced in leaps and bounds, then they likely have to and recognise the threat that it is. Yeah. So, who knows. But that brings us to the end of, uh, of another World Cup Bites and to the end of the what will be the pool stages coming this. After that, we'll be officially in finals footy. God, it's, it's flying by quickly. Uh, it felt like yesterday we were literally talking about the, uh, the first match of the, of the whole tournament. Um, thank you so much, Carl. Been a pleasure having you on again. No, it's been awesome. Thank you very much, and uh, good luck with your next hundred podcasts. Yeah, feels feels like it's gonna it's gonna come up. It, it, it comes up quicker than you than you expect. Uh, <laughs> in all honesty, and and all, with Gaga with Gaga now humming along again, nice and strong. Uh, expect well, I expect we'll, we'll hit that milestone pretty quickly. And again, Nathan, enjoy a couple more days off. Uh, I hope that uh, I hope that you get to to you know. Put aside the wallaby, the, the wallaby dampener, and just get to enjoy rugby for rugby's sake. <laughs> I'm getting straight on the Kiwi and Kiwi bandwagon. Yeah, you know, support the Anzac <laughs> brother and <laughs> Well done, Nathan. I knew there was something about you I like, mate. <laughs> don't catch Hoss saying that. Don't catch Hoss uh, you saying that. Otherwise, you'll be you'll be in some real trouble. Excommunicating Gaga if he hears this. Yeah. Cheers, cheers, lads. Thank you so much. And for all our listeners, we'll catch you the next time around. Yeah, I think that's a really silly question. You know, rugby's a game of 15 players on the, on the field. When we're attacking, we're attacking weak defenders. We're looking for weak defenders. Why would we run at the strongest defenders? So if Martin's there and, and sorry, what's your name? Nick, and Nick's there, we're not going to run to Martin, are we? <laughs> Guys, can you just send my best wishes to Warren and make sure he enjoys the third and fourth playoff?